honestly, all the cars that were passing us by on those hills were like even gayer, <laughs> like convertibles. Yeah, like a soft top Fiat 500. <laughs> yeah, which is also the like the someone's name on Grinder. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> rise and shine, rise and grind. <laughs> I just had um, a fusion lunch I made. Mm-hmm. Pardon any flatulence. It was sushi, rice, and beans. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> Are you recording live from the uh, pines? <laughs> I wish. I'm in the village in Poland. I moved back. Well, I've technically been always living here, but my the Polish pied- pines. The Polish pines. My pied terre is gone. Um, Your pjeja terre. <laughs> um, yeah, good to be back. We had an epic five hour volleyball tournament yesterday. <laughs> That was epic. You kept texting like hour after hour that you're still yeah. there. It, it's crazy. I'm in so much pain today, like playing beach volleyball for five hours straight with just like small breaks for Polish sausages here and there. I didn't realize there was beach grade like sand <laughs> in the Polish countryside. <laughs> well, it was trucked in. Um, really? Yeah. I mean, they trucked in sand and made a beach volleyball court it's nice like is that like a municipality initiative or yeah i guess it's been here over seven years because they were telling me like seven years ago people were playing playing a lot but i've been here now four years and this is the first time it's happened so hopefully it's the first of many you know what here's an idea uh my hometown ranana's sister city is do you remember what one of the sister cities is in Poland? Łódź, maybe? We, Wrocław? Let's see. Oh, fuck, I forget. Anyways, I think they should do like a sister cities beach volleyball <laughs> tournament between any of the coastal cities yes. in Lana and Israel. Maybe like Hiltzlia or something. And I'm sorry, I forget your town's name. Janów. Janów, of course, yeah. Should uh, be like... A, <laughs> Wait, I had a really good idea yesterday. Oh, it's Poznan. Okay, that's like a legit right. city. Okay. Um, and Atlanta. Ooh, Atlanta, Amir. We need to go. <laughs> <laughs> My dad used to work for the city. Maybe I can have him pull some yes. strings for me. Well, yesterday after all this, it was such a good bonding experience. Um, I came up with a Netflix series idea based around it, which I will tell you in private so no one steals my idea. <laughs> Um, yeah. It, how strong, how strong was the bonding? Did like <laughs> men, men go back to different homes? <laughs> I wish. Was it like uh, a keychain party? <laughs> there were some cuties, I have to say. Mm-hmm. Wait, um, is it, sorry. Is it called a keychain party? What's is it a, key, a key, a key, key party? I think a key party where you drop your like house keys in a bowl. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh no it was really good because it's like people who annoyed me you know like some of these Mm -hmm. annoying youth because generally everyone was younger than me and i'm the old cranky man that lives in the village now Uh, you're the old one there no actually okay there were most of them were like around 10 years younger than us 
let's say more or less. And then there were actually some kids that played and there were a few older people that played. Like this one uh, mother played. She's She has like a B.B. Newworth vibe and she played. Yes. So she's like probably around 60 something. And she was really good. So it's mm-hmm. for all ages and abilities. It's a fun sport and an insane how, workout. How inclusive was the roster? I got to <laughs> ask so that it passes the queer bestal test. Well, I was a team captain and I said, we need to have gender parity. So uh-huh. um, make sure we pick a girl third. Uh, I said, I'm sorry, but I think <laughs> just the word cap- I think no, no, I think the word captain is offensive. And so. Uh, team uh i gotta think of a good alternative but anyway i just have to say people always you know it's like oh um art brings people together actually sport does because when you're on a team and you have a very clear goal you really you know just all participate and get along and i have a newfound appreciation for some of the people that annoyed me so i mean whoever said that art brings people together i mean art creates healthy co- uh, unhealthy codependencies <laughs> uh, unnecessary dramas which we'll get to later <laughs> yeah uh unhealthy uh, behaviors and a uh, um sorry my my brain is at 70 percent capacity i woke up like 50 minutes ago sorry well speaking of intense sports i heard you were up to a sport yesterday can you share with us what you did Oh, I thought you were referring to my intellectual games of studying the Gamara. <laughs> the Saddam Hussein and Gamara. <laughs> Speaking of which, didn't they uh didn't uh, the president of Sri Lanka's house got raided or something by angry an angry mob and they were swimming in his pool or oh, something? Oh yeah, I saw. It it just reminded me of the raid of not the raid, but just the taking over of Saddam Hussein's palace or whatever. <laughs> the taking of Dumbo House. <laughs> <laughs> With, uh, what are his son's names? Uh, no, that's Gaddafi I'm thinking of. <clears throat> no, but Saddam Hussein had sons too, no? Yeah, I think they were shot dead or something. I can't remember. Sons. Too long I have to ago, look sorry. Oh, no, it was his sons, like Udai and Kusai. Oh, yeah. Those were his sons, Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> oh, my God. The the Don Jr. and uh, oh, Eric totally. Trump. Uh, yeah. He God, was a Eric handsome Trump. man. Not Eric Trump, but yeah, Saddam Hussein. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, he was. Don't cancel us for saying he was handsome. I mean, St- young Stalin was handsome, too. Listen, the, the D wants what the D wants. You just say uh, you can't control <laughs> those things. There's a lot of pictures of them with, like, just the hardcore like Cosby sweater aesthetics because I'm guessing it was it all kind of came to an end at the you know in the early aughts and so the lead up to that was they, oh, they uh, bypassed sanctions to get Kuji sweaters delivered. <laughs> you said Kuji, Kuji, Kugi. Like, what's the pronunciation? Oh, that, I don't know. Is that, that brand? the brand? Yeah, yeah. You know those like Cosby sweaters. Oh, okay. Right. Uh, what the, the hell see? happened to Udai? To Udai's <laughs> face? Was there a thing there? Because his face was like... T- I guess they burned them alive or something. Why oh am I looking this up? Stop. I don't need to see this. <laughs> um. Um, 
yeah, I went. I went to play. Uh, I went playing uh, mini golf yesterday with uh, yes. Juan Taylor in Pier Twenty Five. It was only ten dollars a uh, cover charge. I will say there was no. There was no windmill or mm. any of those features. It was pretty. It was pretty straightforward mini mm-hmm. golf, but it was pretty cute. They, it's a small pier, but they managed to cram a lot of a, um, a lot of. The, is that a course? No, what do you call those? Uh, so well, a lot of a. Uh, well, uh, the mini golf course and the holes. Yeah, a hole's a hole. So they managed to cram a, <laughs> a hole's a hole. Uh, Taylor got a couple of holes in one, what? and a couple of holes in, and a couple of holes in fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> um who won too it was it was fun it was also such a hot day but it's it's um there's enough like trees and shade there to make it an enjoyable day oh nice um and then we went over to a brookfield place yeah i uh, showed her the uh the disc magazine aesthetics in its full galore <laughs> <laughs> with the indoor palm trees that make it look like some Dubai mall from the <laughs> late 80s. <clears throat> Which kind of makes sense because Battery Park City was uh, was constructed around like five, six, ten years later after the Twin Towers were built because yeah. it was all landfill from next door. And so all the Pomo architecture makes sense time-wise. Yeah. Um, I love, I that, love that place, though. Yes. Yeah. Um, ooh, I also took her into that. Uh, what's that hotel called? Where the Regal is? Oh, the Conrad the lobby. Is it the Conrad? The, the, yeah, the Conrad. Yes, that weird lobby we love too. Yeah, the like fake Zaha Hadid like <laughs> light features that descend all the way down from like the the crazy high ceiling. I feel like there's a bunch of suicide barriers as well. Oh, I bet. I never got the uh, never got into these like these hotel balconies that face into the lobby. Yeah, it's what do you creepy. call that feature in architecture? Uh, like a mezzanine. A mezzanine? A, yeah. I guess it's technically a mezzanine. There's like an atrium with a open floor area looking down on it. No, but the the fact that all the all the hallways are oh, open yeah. and like look onto the. Uh, you should Might know still this. Be a mezzanine. I don't know. I would yeah. call it a mezzanine because it's like you have an atrium and then you have floor areas that are open to it. Yeah. So I took her to see that. Of course, we used their bathroom because nothing beats a good hotel bathroom that's like unofficially open to the public. <laughs> oh, that's just a nice the, bathroom. It's really nice. It kind of re- it kind of took me back to the uh, sneaking into the standard in um, <laughs> South Beach <laughs> just for the hand wash. Um, even though I will say that was it the standard? Yeah, the standard had a kind of oppressive house scent, oh. if I remember correctly. It was just pumped into the air at such like extreme intensity. It was too much. Like made made you want to sneeze. <laughs> um, what did we do? And then we went to the Oculus, and then we just walked around. I took her to see the stock exchange. Oh nice! And uh, is, is that angry it. girl still there? <laughs> You know what? I didn't look for her. Look out for her. But uh, it's fenced. Uh, like it's fenced now, so you can't even come close to the stock exchange. Like oh, whoa. crazy. 
like what did they overturn roe v wade like <laughs> why cannot you come near it well maybe one There's... day we'll get to ring the bell and we'll be on the floor <laughs> hopefully yeah when thoughts goes public <laughs> can you imagine if thought thoughts goes public like it's the end of our uh, it's the end of our independence our thought i know independence of thought We'll we'll have uh, shareholders to answer to, not just listeners. Yeah. Sorry, I'm my, I'm, I'm my thought process is so choppy today. I'm thinking in English, Hebrew, Aramaic. I'm seeing things in Rashi <laughs> script. <laughs> <laughs> um, wait, which movie was in Aramaic? Passion of the Christ. <laughs> uh, Stargate. <laughs> Featuring wait, Mila Vital. Wait, no. What's what's uh, Battlefield Earth with John Travolta? Oh my god! <laughs> oh the dreadlocks. my god! Oh my god! Speaking of Scientology, <laughs> I have insane gossip. I have to tell you after the show. Oh my god! Okay, <laughs> I can't even reference it on the show. <laughs> how how has Battlefield Earth not been retroactively canceled? Like the whole aesthetics of John Travolta in that movie is so offensive. <laughs> They gave him the craziest bulge on top of everything, which I'm sure he like r- wrote into the contract. <laughs> white dreads. Get, <laughs> white dreads. He basically looks like Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> um, I don't know. It does not look good. It looks much better with a bald head. <laughs> yeah, he, like, when the baldness was unleashed, he was actually hot. Like, I never thought he was yeah. attractive until that moment. I mean... Now he can get it. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know? All those um, masseurs would actually engage um, <laughs> if he was just bald from the get-go. Is he still married? I think his wife died. Oh. <laughs> Awkward. Oh, Hence the balls. <laughs> was it plugs? No, it was never plugs. It no, was he had just a really bad hair pace. Yeah, yeah. But I think he had a... That harsh hairline. I think he had like the Elton John model on. <laughs> At least Elton John like lets it, it doesn't like, you know, comb it back or it's just, there's really no way to make it look normal. You yeah. can spot it like a mile away. I think I Elton had a good use of toupees. He looks ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, it looks very toupee I mean, he's an old queen, so. He's a very old queen. But like John Travolta, I guess when he was balding, he had that whole like Shimon Peres look to him, <laughs> like Berlusconi. <laughs> but now he just looks like, uh, you know, the magic eraser man. <laughs> Begin even. <laughs> yes, he did look like Begin. <laughs> uh, mm. We used to call Kasha Menachem because she be begging. <laughs> oh. Well, that was my dad's nickname at work because they're uh, doppelgangers. <laughs> They'd call them begging. Are they doppelgangers? <laughs> yeah, they look pretty similar. Okay. Wait, did John Travolta and uh, Bruce Willis act together at some point or another? Why am I seeing all these pictures of them together? Uh, a maybe, duo. Pl- maybe Planet Hollywood related. Hmm. Yeah, that would make sense. Um Sorry about uh, Bruce Willis's fate. <laughs> no, I don't mean it sarcastically. The whole aphasia thing. Oh, no, I know. It's sad. Wait, so his wife died? 
John. Who was his wife? Uh, Kelly Preston. Oh, right. Damn, she was so young. I know. Or, like, she was Plus young. the son who passed away and, like... The son passed away? Yeah, they had that Jeff son. Travolta. Yeah. Jesus, what okay. happened? Okay, Seizure. Oh, my God. Okay, something's cursed with this episode because I'm suddenly getting hives. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> really? <laughs> you shouldn't utter the uh, name of John Travolta. <sighs> you shouldn't carry it on your lips. Oh, my God. Okay, so that... This episode does not go into sad territories more than it should be. Let's maybe um, talk about something else. What else have you been up to? What's new in your life? So you moved back to Poland. Yeah, moved back fully. All my crap's here. Uh, looks like an Ikea exploded. There's just blue bags everywhere. Did you score, sh- score some shifts at the Schindler factory? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. I went there a few months ago. Did I tell you? Really? <laughs> yes. With a um, friend of the pod, Fran. We were both in Krakow because uh, she's working on a project there. And we we didn't go like on the tour or anything like that. But, you know, because it's an old factory and it's this whole compound. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if this was part of the Schindler factory, but the Museum of Contemporary Art is like next to it in this whole right. kind of like factory district, basically. Um, because they used to make like ceramics and things around there. I don't remember. I know they were making like arms during the war in that factory, but I don't know what his factory did before. I thought they were making like kitchenware, like tin. Okay, that makes sense because they're there's like. Have you not watched the movie Pshemek? Sorry, making out during making out, and I fell asleep. Um, no, I watched it on TV. I don't know if you remember. There was like a Ford sponsored TV broadcast, like the first time it was oh on my TV. God. The, f- the Ford Foundation, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my God. <laughs> like Ford presents um, to make up for Henry Ford's anti-Semitism, um, without commercial breaks, but there would just be like intermissions. That is sponsored truly- by Ford. <laughs> That is truly the highest honor of any any content aired on TV. <laughs> totally. Commercial free. And then we watched it in school and we had to get a permission really? slip. Yeah. At what grade? In junior high. No, wait. Was it? Yeah, it was in junior high because I don't know. I feel like if we were like in 12th grade, they probably wouldn't have had us have a permission slip. But mm-hmm. uh, I think it was in junior high. Maybe it was in high school because also like a Holocaust survivor came to our class. Uh, yeah. Mrs. Bao. Um, we spoke Polish after. She was very sweet. And, but like, and she, her um, parents were depicted in Schindler's List. Like the mm, scene yeah. where the couple gets married and the rings are being oh, forged. Right. Those were her yeah. parents. So that was quite crazy that, you know, this person came to speak to us. Um, I'm seeing that the film's budget was $22 million and he made $322 million in the box office uh, in earnings, which (laughs) I'll I'll end my thought here. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Let's see what else. Um, It's a good movie. I enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I think it's, it's, it's a very well done film. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we what? were in I the proximity of the Schindler factory. Yeah. 
Um, but I did go to Wrocław or Breslau, as Germans like to call it. Um, Breslau. Yeah, in a sinister tone. Uh, mm-hmm. Went there to hang out with a friend. It was a really nice time. Um, Cute. Went to my favorite Westfield mall property with a great oh, love Westfield. Same. And this mall's so nice. And they have so many good features. And there's like a co-working space you can just use. Um, had Indian food. Oh. And went to Zara. And I found a wedding outfit. I'm going to my first gay wedding. Zara. <laughs> Zara. Where, where's the wedding? Uh, it's in Berlin. In the West somewhere. Oh, fun. And the theme is Liza. Sorry. Cabaret at night slash Liza on a hot summer's night. So I need to look like a thought on art and find my future husband, which is not going to happen in Berlin, clearly. Um, Yeah, I'm glad I finally found luck because I was really stressing over it. I mean, it'll be great. Thanks. Um, Cute. Well, I had a... I had just the craziest month and a half between uh, the school year coming to an end and my aunt coming to stay with us. She basically came to New York for two and a half weeks, uh, stayed in a hotel for like five days, and the rest of us, she decided she wants to stay with us. Mm. Um, And I love her to death. She's an incredibly independent and great person to be around, but like any person staying with you for 10 days... You'll, you're bound to climb up the walls. Uh, sorry if I made um, you climb up the walls. <laughs> no, I left. Uh, I mean, d- don't make me say it. I mean, we love having you over. Thanks. Um, even with her, it was great. It was just like, I. it's my problem because I have a great sense of responsibility towards house guests. And so even if you tell me you don't need anything, like, yeah. you, it's lip service. You can't, just, you can't just say that. Of course people yeah. have needs and you're, you're hosting. Like, yeah. it's a... It's a dereliction of your duty if you just completely, you know, ignore your house guests. Whatever. Well, and she's an Anyways, older person. It's not like she knows. Yeah, she's people an older there. person. And also, she said she doesn't need anything from you. She kept asking all these like navigation questions and this <laughs> and that that implied that she needs help and somebody stepping in and like. Mm. And also, she expected to be shown a good time and like, you know, we have lives and I, I can't eat like I can't eat out and just eat one rich meal after the other for like 10 <laughs> days straight it's it's exhausting on the stomach it's like the inverse of my berlin experience basically yeah. um anyway so when it was finally time for her to leave i drove her to the airport and we pull up to terminal four and it's shut down because of a bomb scare <laughs> and i thought i was going to lose it oh my um, god and so we just we like pulled up to the short term parking and waited it out. And oh my god! I like I I needed that visit to be over. Yeah, I just it it had to be over. Um. Yeah, and then a couple of days later, I started my summer program, like teachers development at, at JTS at the Jewish Theological Seminary, and it's just been the most mind expanding experience. It's funny because I've been out of like higher education for almost 10 years or so and i will say that just to tie it into the general theme of this podcast and also make this about art a little bit my general you know experience in art school was underwhelming to say the least 
Mm-hmm. It wasn't really, it wasn't intellectually invigorating. Really, um, like I love making art, but I, I just saw a thing on the Artnet News or something a couple of days ago about like great artists reflect on their art education or whatever. Most of them saying that they felt it was unnecessary. Uh, uh, like the the schooling experience anyways um i had such an underwhelming like academic experience for like five years or so at udica and this is such a like this is such a major correction like oh amazing just sitting all day hunching over like gamara texts in <laughs> aramaic <laughs> aramaic and rashi script and like unlocking them you feel like the da vinci code guy you feel like madonna when she was at the kabbalah center yes with that red thread bracelet getting all up in the zohar in the zohar yeah. which uh a couple of years ago that uh center closed down in tel aviv I oh, yeah, it looks very water damaged and bleak now everything's water damaged <laughs> it's not even the water damage it's the humidity and the uh, salt salt think, and the, uh, sandblasting from uh, the sahara yeah um yeah well, I'm, so I've, i'm glad uh, you're being enlightened it's not even about enlightened it's crazy because i always fear that if i approach this uh you know category of study it'll it'll coerce you into other like things in that regard like um lifestyle wise uh-huh. but uh no I mean, I'm not saying mark my word because never say never, but it's been a, an incredible intellectual journey so far. Because those texts, like, listen, the Mishnah was written, like, around the year 200. Uh-huh. That's a long time ago. Yeah. Okay? And it, it was written in a language that I'm still able to read, like, a hundred, um, 1800 or so years later, which is insane. Yeah. Um and those people were like the same schmageggies the current Jews are. It's like the same. It's like, can you imagine if you read a text written by a German like 1700 years ago and they're the exact same like uptight putts <laughs> you meet in 2022? Which I'd be willing to put like to bet good money that there's, there is a linear straight line between the German yeah. of like the first century and and berlin of 2022 i think cultures change yeah but they don't change that drastically um was this the art speak of 1800 years ago (laughs) maybe maybe um anyways i'm having the time of my life there i've I've never felt like smarter and dumber at the same time (laughs) Maybe you will be a rabbi one day. I don't even want to be a rabbi. I just... A scholar at the Jewish technical school. (laughs) (laughs) My only issue with that is that, like, the the older, like, the faculty there and stuff like that, they, like... Like when you when you make a decision to go into that life, there's a certain modicum of like letting go of like of like maintaining your body and your appearance. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm too vain to let go of those things as yeah. much as I have a thirst for knowledge. But uh, like 
the cross-section of the students, like, and the people around my age, it's very, it's, like, very queer. Uh. Because I think, basically, North America is, like, running out of, I mean, in general, I think religions are starting to run out of ways to appeal to yeah. millennials and Zoomers. And so, what can you do but, like, you know, bend to the will of the time, and the will of the time is the queer revolution queering the torah queering the torah by so dinosaurah <laughs> so yeah i mean even though the J- jts is a um it's a conservative institution it's v- very liberal i guess in his welcoming mat and it's in new nice. york so there's gonna be a bunch of annoying haircuts a lot of annoying haircuts but uh the more the more I think about it, the more I realize I should just be less of a curmudgeon and just like not be a stickler about the pronouns, stuff like that. Like if you want to be called this and that, like go ahead. I don't mind it. The only thing that does like I find that I just find it funny having to like be compelled to address someone not in their presence according to their wish that I find a little too like invasive you know, it's like directing people to like talk about you in a certain way when you're not in the room. And I'm not even just talking about pronouns, but just like in general, like it's so it's so control freaky to like demand of people to like talk about you in a certain way when you're not there. Am I making sense? Oh, no, I understand what you mean. Uh, I just don't want to be asked my pronoun because I find it performative. I think we should have a open safe space for people to share it um but it just feels very like corporate speak when it's like it's it's very corporate. like let's go in a circle now and it's like just come on yeah just so that leave 30 out of 30 people bi- will tell you they're cis yeah leave the binaries alone just leave us alone <laughs> like we i'm i'm gladly like sitting this one out just leave me alone don't involve me in this I'm gay. I've earned my rights, my privileges. They're not overturning Obergefell. Take a big chill pill. <laughs> but it's also like, um, I don't want to go in a circle and be like, um, also, I'm gay. Like, I don't think it's appropriate right now. Again, if someone wants to share that, that's fine and should be embraced. But like, yeah. I'm not into performativity. Also, there's really nothing similar between the gay coming out experience that we've had in the whatever late 90s early 2000s and whatever this generation constructed for themselves in terms of coming to uh terms with their identity like it's really it's it's not the same like what we went through felt like there was more at risk like coming out as queer where are this where are the stakes really um it's uh such a such a we truly live in dumb times as as evidenced by some of the uh some of the things we're about to talk about (laughs) in the Um, art world just to pivot on jews for a second yeah (laughs) let's switch back to the nazis if you will I was going to make this segue when we were talking about Schindler's List, but I guess we'll just make a uh, make a harsh 180 as if we're going up the Tuscan Hills 
in an old rickety jeep (laughs) you know we're really fortunate that we didn't roll over (laughs) well the wheelbase is pretty wide on that jeep like i don't know why those jeeps even roll over because they're it's as wide it's like yeah and it's close to the ground true we're also lucky that we didn't get hate crimed as gay for driving a jeep tj with a soft top a a yellow (laughs) a yellow jeep blasting uh what did we blast what was the what was Uh, like britney femme fatale (laughs) yeah (laughs) honestly all the cars that were passing us by on those hills were like even gayer like convertibles yeah, like a soft top Fiat 500. <laughs> yeah, which is also the like the someone's name on Grinder <laughs> in Tuscany. Oh man, soft top Maserati. <laughs> oh my god. Anyways, speaking of alleged Nazis. Nazis uh sorry this is we're bringing this to so so late in the game but like i we have really lives intru- <laughs> we have lives i had a really busy month and i'm also come i'm getting closer to god so cut me <laughs> yeah. some slack okay and that's god with a dash at people okay yeah yeah um, um anyways you sent me this new york time it's not a hit piece because it's not really hitting but from a month ago um about julia stoschek collection did i pronounce her last name correctly i think so stoschek sorry i don't have the german accent it's uh sto sto is she polish no she's german i don't think so she's german but i thought st is sto it is but i think i've never heard someone say stoschek okay maybe maybe they have i don't know you know what i will be an st go ahead no, I will consult with a German who is visiting me today. No names mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stoschek? Stoschek. I will ask this person maybe who's visiting me. Maybe an ST followed by an O is not pronounced Sto because they, they have all these like uh, rules. Oh, let's see. Cause, uh, <clears throat> shht, shht. I think, yeah, maybe with not an S-T-O-S-C-H. Maybe that's the rule. Yeah, cause, which is funny because S-P-O is Spo. Yeah, but st, whatever. Because it's a repetition it of to, that sound. Stosh. Right. Maybe it has to be followed by a consonant and not a vowel. So I will ask. But not in the case of sp. Whatever. Maybe. So maybe if Ike had listened to this <laughs> podcast, he would have been able to tell us. <laughs> um. So, girl, drop that Telfar bag. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's not for you. Okay. Yeah, before we give you a citation for appropriation, <laughs> just surrender it to the local precinct and no canceling will occur. Okay? Uh, um, okay, anyways, you want to talk about this article? All right, well, so this New York Times piece came out. Uh, when was this? June 29th. Uh, called Artists, Scrutinize a Collector's Nazi Family Past. Um, so Julia Stoschek, she's a notorious German collector of uh, moving image art or time-based art. And she sits on the board of KW Kunstwerke. Um, 
uh, is Gal Pals with our fave, Klaus Biesenbach. And she started her foundation in Dusseldorf and then moved it into um, this building on Leipziger Strasse in Berlin. Uh, there's been some controversy over the years with uh, not feeling like she's appreciated as a collector in Berlin because the city, I don't know, was forcing her out of the building or something or wouldn't let the lease be renewed. Uh, and then, you know, here and there, there's always bubblings of the links to the Nazi family fortune past, allegedly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so her family has made their money in the automotive industry with automotive parts and going back to the world war two era, the family was making money basically selling like gas cans or jerry cans. Um, can you tell us some more Amir? You just made me think of jerry cans. We use that term literally in Israeli Hebrew (laughs) That's like when we'd go on field trips, uh-huh. they just have these like jerry cans full of water for the kids to like to drink out of. But we call it jerry can and we don't give a uh-huh. thought for, even for a second that it comes from a language that's not Hebrew. <laughs> There's so many words in Hebrew we just take for granted and also totally. botch their pronunciation. Like for, exa- <laughs> like for example, uh, we use the word exhaust. Ah, like exhaust? Ex- exhaust. We say exhaust, but it's exhaust pipe. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, yeah. Um, okay, Julia Stoschek. Um, I, I don't know. I was ready to like... I, was, I, I, I read this, this piece with a bias, with a prejudice, because, you know, all rich heiresses and heirs um, are guilty until they're proven innocent. Um... But it's funny, when you mentioned she had historically felt like she's been getting the short end of the stick, it made me realize that she's basically is representing the cause of the the artists and the type of art that she collects in the gallery. And it, it what I mean to say is that it mirrors the sort of looking down on this medium as lesser than the more, you know, tactile and uh, three-dimensional mediums and i think it's kind of cute in a sense that she's like fighting the cause for the artist i'm mm-hmm. sorry for like yassing her <laughs> i just i found it nice like it's sure it's it's kind of a uh it's kind of rich for a you know rich heiress to like make any uh you know woe is me claims but there is something to be said for this medium being you know considered lesser than the other like painting and sculpture and no, it's true, because it's not something that's easy to kind of speculate on and flip and, you know, yeah. like the rest of the art world. Like, people don't buy video work or, I don't know, a performance, however you buy that, um, right? in order to flip later, which most collectors that are buying paintings specifically are kind of I, hoping to I do know, that at a later you- point. But you got to take a step back for a second because the whole flipping bonanza has really like proliferated and escalated in the past like what f- six, eight years. It's gotten really extreme. But like moving images and the uh, time-based art has existed for you know a few decades now. Yeah, 
No, um, like the no, but the like speculative flipping stuff like that's been going on for a long time. Right. No, what I what I mean to say is that I well, let me just go back for a second and say that I think there's there's way more time-based art out in the world than there than should exist. <laughs> True. <laughs> Period. I there's something uniquely self like and no offense to any artists out there who's like who's this is their like main medium but i think for the most part it's so incredibly self-indulgent to create any work of art that is so demanding of the viewer and by demanding i mean it literally literally necessitates you spending your time more than like a fraction of a second or you know, a few seconds looking at the piece of art that that is asking a lot of the viewer. No, it is because you're locked into it, and you otherwise have to flee. <laughs> yeah, and there's so many issues with that medium, such as that. First of all, if you don't catch it, like if it's narrative, you have to either like approach it in the beginning of a cycle. Yeah, or there's a whole t- there's a whole timing issue, and. On top of that, if it's narrative, it forces you like to sit through the whole thing. There's just so many layers of complexity to it that at the end of the day, if you're not a if you're not an entertainer at your core, as like dense as your piece is or might be, I don't think you're a good like time based artist because you're just you're torturing your viewer. Yeah. If you don't have like the instincts of an entertainer at your core this will end up torturing your viewer and i i'm only speaking from experience and you're welcome to like reflect on your experience too but how often do you dwell (laughs) do you linger (laughs) like i i don't even pause to look at things i try to get like a a glance of a first impression of what i'm looking at and 99 percent of the time i very quickly decide it's not for me and i walk walk away I mean, most of it, I don't know. I, I, I will seen not make generalizations. Yeah. No, of course not, yeah. Listen, no, I've, seen some, uh, I've seen some amazing video works. Like, Jolia, Jolia, Jolia. Um, Julia Stoschek, like, mentions that she got into this, uh, she got into this field um, after seeing Douglas Gordon's um, elephant uh, installation. What is it called? Let me look it up. Not, not the biggest fan of his. Um, no, yeah, I've seen some so gr- beautiful. He, you ha- but you've seen the the elephant installation. No, I haven't. It's beautiful. He like he trained he trained elephants to uh, pretend they're dead, uh-huh. and uh, it's uh, it's like a four channel installation or something like that, and it's just gorgeous. It's huge screens, and you have elephants just like pretending like they're dead. Yeah. it's evocative. It's beautiful. It's shot very like in a sexy way but i think he's just uh he's like a showman or he's an entertainer at his core he knows how to capture and captivate the viewer um most of the other guys and girls and zers just don't i don't know what did you want to say well i just want to say that uh kind of moving image has become more uh kind of has a more accessible entry point now than ever before so yeah there are more people working with 
the technology and the medium uh, that maybe aren't using it in the best way. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, I'm so- sorry to be a heretic, but I I fucking hate Bruce Nauman's like video work. Yeah. That's that that is to me the like the origins of the torture of having to like sit through some like you know m- movement video that's like it's just a, it's just a torture i can't i just cannot explain having to like watch something that i don't want to watch it's like there's no greater torture in contemporary oh life you know than what's that. a greater torture um the majority of performance work so. <laughs> people you know jigging what? in a museum yeah that's just <laughs> The, see that's just what ha- that's what happens when there's a, an abundance and a proliferation of anything and you live in such a rich society there's all this there's just so much excess there's just excess and yeah. we'll get to that excess when we talk about uh documenta yeah. well anyway my on. kind of key takeaways from this article were just some yeah. of the gems of uh quotes <laughs> sprinkled throughout yeah um Things like right at the end, Stoshek added that no artist from her collection had voiced concerns to her about her family history. Um, and yeah, the quote says, they, they trust us that we're looking into it. I mean, if you had a pending yeah, invoice, would you be like, um, excuse me, just want to talk about your family's alleged role in genocide? Yeah, but then again, the, the, the journalist who wrote this piece, like he, so he read this like, um, this biography that the uh the collection i guess or the uh the state or whatever had commissioned to like the, the company the company had like uh yeah hired an the company basically yeah to write write a um like a narrative investigation or whatever of the history of uh of the company and the family whatever and uh the investigate the sorry the journalists um um, sort of was was miffed by the fact that there were no footnotes and the whole thing, but they were like available on demand. Anyways, most of those things checked out, and they like deemed the the Broza family to be of like very low tier accomplices, like degree or whatever. Because I guess there was like a whole there was a a rank system for complicity with the Nazi regime. Um, I should have pulled that up. Um, yeah, uh, but then some of the things in the report are like, "Oh, but the prisoners were treated well," and then it's like, "Yeah, yeah but that's, that's bullshit." But that's from the point of view of the family. Like yeah. this is not based on fact. Like it's not like um, you know former forced laborers were interviewed right. and said that. Uh, and also, a... when this has now come up a few times with other companies like that bitch f- with the biscuits in Berlin. Um, oh, right. Where it's like, oh, we treated them well and they were paid. It's like they were forced laborers. Like no yeah. one had a choice to be there. Yeah. So, but, you know, it's like getting upset at the Bible for not having any trans characters. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I am just kidding. It's not the same at all. Anyways, <laughs> it says here, according to the Bavarian State Archive, Broza, Broza was ultimately classified. You like my code switching? Like to do an NPR <laughs> with the Latina names? <laughs> um, Broza was ultimately classified as a follower, the second lowest of five levels of complicity. Like, 
fine. I, I'm a Jew and I'm giving you a pass. It's fine. They also <laughs> not a Jew and not giving you a pass. So okay, that's it's totally fine. This podcast is a, uh, a stage for plurality of opinions. Siskel and, views. and Ebert, one thumb up, one thumb down. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also the co- the company paid a paid like almost uh, one billion dollars or whatever into the restitution fund or like the reparations also i'm sorry where are my reparations like uh my family who were forced laborers like i never got a cent from anything (laughs) right and yet you've thrived as an individual and uh, (laughs) left your mark on this world thanks listen i i don't know what to tell you about my grandmother received reparation funds until the day she died and it was a pittance yeah and there was also it was so highly debated and and contested in Israeli society when that law had been passed in the in the Knesset. And sure, it has like saved the day for a lot of people, but for a lot of other people, it was uh, the greatest of insults to receive yeah. a, a monetary compensation from the German government. No, so definitely. like here's a here's a lesson for everybody out there, like financial reparation doesn't doesn't resolve anything necessarily and if it's kind of like some people feel like it a uh it gives superiority back to the oppressor by by way of absolution but also these Um, amounts are appendance because in 2000 broza paid seven hundred thirty four thousand to the remembrance of responsibility in future foundation right that's nothing and then about six thousand five hundred german companies have contributed 5.2 billion euro, which again is not that much. They definitely made more money off of. Listen, I I'm truly trying to separate my like my pet peeve with German societal proclivities and like and their culture of remembrance that's celebrated around the world. Listen, I'll give them like at least they tried and they're making a, a concerted effort like so many other countries don't even bother i will say though the germans like i like they really they fucked it up so big that i think it was it was impossible to like escape this uh uh, this recognition i just really feel Um, that like my issue with it is that it's um like a lot of things that happen in the country it's about creating the illusion of doing something I, I I know I hear you but like this is the, this is a, an insane lip service if this is just lip service like this is an extremely this this whole like the whole mechanics of remembrance and reparation and responsibility blah 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 like it's been like uh uh I just lost my train of thought. Like, there's so much effort put into it over decades that it can't just be, you know. I'm not saying it's like a conspiracy. I'm just saying that it's kind of like in Canada where it's like, um, we're all about truth and reconciliation. We're doing land acknowledgments before every kind of gathering. Meanwhile... Yeah, but it's easy, it's easy to read through the bullshit of uh, Canadian government statements yeah. and, like, general attitudes. But it's like, then there's, you know, uh, how many now? Probably around 50 communities that don't have running water. Um, You know, there were like 
women being murdered and going missing and the government was doing nothing and not investigating. And so it's like, okay, you're doing a land acknowledgement. Why don't you like actually do something um, to improve people's lives rather than just, you know, creating the illusion of doing something. Listen, Uh, I don't know if it's the time of day, the fact that it's so early in the morning. I'm just feeling lenient towards Germans and their (laughs) historical atrocities. So that's about a one hour window um, each day. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I should make a t-shirt that says like, don't talk to me about Germany before I had my morning coffee. (laughs) My cup of decaf. (laughs) Anyways, I... I struggle to, you know how I approach these articles. There's so much prejudice and and bias, but I, it did not uh, anger me. It did not anger me. I, I also think it's like it's punching down, not at Julia Stoschek, but like the whole medium is is an underdog. That, like, so what if your grandfather was a Nazi? If your if your life's work of reparations is to elevate a lesser medium, go for it, girl. I think that the angle taken... Because, okay, obviously they're writing this piece. They have to ask for some sort of quote or statement. I don't know how involved she was uh, in the writing of it, if there was like a full sit-down thing or if it was just email, questions answered or what have you. But... Yeah, I think maybe the best route is just say like, yeah, they were Nazis and uh, I'm sorry. Like, what can I do? Yeah. You know, but also like, you but know, it seems like there is some like trying to sweep the dust around into other quarters in this piece. Yeah, just just like fess up. Just OK, you're a Nazi. Big deal. Yeah, they okay. were Nazis. They made money. Yes. Like, because my other issue is that in this article, it's like, well, that money didn't that's not the money I'm living off of now and why I'm a billionaire heiress. It's like, yeah, but all these kind of ducks went in a row. Yeah. That money made the other businesses possible. Like it didn't right. all come out of the blue that you're rich now. There's just such an absolutist approach to every last thing these days that there's just no, not, not any room for like a, a middle ground to live with a harsh reality versus a um you know a wish to improve on the current state of things yeah okay whatever and then what more the anti-semitism go- <laughs> what the hell is going on over a documenta like is this like the messiest oh my God. art event edition that ever took place at castle what the hell is going on there it's insane so you just you earlier on you sent me a a link to a news report that document a uh, 15 turmoil continues. This has like been an ongoing five. saga uh, for months. As, as Hito Styrel, and I still don't know that I'm saying her name right. Styrel? Styrel? Is it like Byrel? Anyways. I'm going to consult po- my German expert that is returning from lunch shortly. Okay. Um, anyways, she pulled work of hers, and on top of it, Jewish organization leader quits as advisor because I guess a a while ago, when was that? A, a month ago or so, 
Documenta covers over artwork following anti-Semitism allegations was the headline. I was struggling to even find a picture of the artwork. <laughs> oh, I found it. There were pigs in Nazi helmets, um, SS helmets, sorry, um, with curly locks. Okay. Um, <laughs> there were some other anti-Semitic tropes as well. Um, it was like one of these like... Contem- con- sorry? Like contempt... Oh, no, I see. There's like pigs and like army gear with like helmets that says Mossad on them and like kerchiefs with a star of David. It's... Uh, I don't know... The- yeah, it's I'm like that Brad Brad Trammell, um thing he's been posting that like yeah <laughs> that poster wow, with all the Easter a, eggs. <laughs> I'm seeing the work uh, mentioned now. It's so impressive. It's like a huge wall sized like mural that's like Escher like Diego <laughs> Rivera style with like tableaus. It's just uh, wow. That's so impressive. Why did they cover it over? Uh, well, the crazy thing about all the documenta brouhaha is that, oh, wait, sorry, about Hito for a second. She also yeah. uh, has purchased back her work from the Julia Stasha collection because anti, or because uh, the Nazi pass is not being properly addressed. I just want to add God, that. Can you, can you imagine being an artist of her stature and needing like staff fully dedicating, dedicated to like this performative, like, uh, Buying back works, uh, um, you know, composing statements, signing on to like co-signing letters. This Samantha and that. Like, Jones PR is on it. Okay, basically, <laughs> can you imagine how much time is wasted on this bullshit instead of making work? You have to like do like woke administration. <laughs> we got woke administration. That's a good term. Um. <laughs> Do you see the thanks? <laughs> Do you see the work uh, mentioned? The work that was covered over? Uh, like Hiroshima. Uh, I've, I've seen yeah. the image, but I don't have it on my screen right now. Um, it's pretty impressive. It's like it's a they've hung it on a, a huge scaffolding. It's just like canvas. Uh, that's like what thirty feet. Oh wow. Hi. Oh yeah, and it's outdoors. But also, like, how do you how do you hang this work initially and be like, oh, I actually didn't see that there's Nazi imagery I on know. it. It's the most crass, like Hieronymus Bosch style. And people tableau. were people were like, oh, but it was so quick, and we had to do so much online, so we didn't get to see. And you're like, wouldn't you ask for like a high res TIFF so you could see? Yeah, what the also, work I'm is. Willing to- I'm willing to bet know. good money that this is the most appealing work in the entirety of Documenta. I'm sure the rest of it is like per- performance, like empty space, like a single <laughs> legume resting under like a spotlight. On a Hantorex a- monitor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will um, say though, I went to I went to Documenta in I want to say 2007 or 2006 or something. And I, I enjoyed myself a lot. Oh, I actually nice. went with the, the very same aunt who had just visited oh. me. And um, she's an art, you know, she's a neophyte basically. So I had to I- explain the work to her and by doing so explain it to myself. Yeah. 
so I enjoyed it. Like it's such a you know it's a sleepy town that like wakes up for this like once in a what two four years, uh, five, right? Five, five years. Does that make sense? Five, four. Yeah. Can't and there's like there's art all over the town in different venues, like neoclassical buildings. It's it's fun if you want it to be fun, but this edition has been just so fucking messy from the outset yeah well okay the crazy thing is that it started with allegations of anti-semitism which were fueled by basically right-wing germans and Mm -hmm. anti-deutsch uh you know germans uh who again are uh it's like that meme with everyone finger pointing yeah where they won't spider-man <laughs> yes exactly it was like well we're not the anti-semitic ones it's all these brown people in germany um yeah and so it's like oh well this curatorial group from indonesia who they're probably muslim they're clearly right. the anti-semites because mm-hmm. there was going to be some panel conversation or whatever um yeah. so that's where it started but then the crazy thing is that then there actually ended up being work that could be considered anti-Semitic. Um, but so what if it's anti-Semitic? Why are we having this <laughs> this insanely dumb and reductive conversation? Even so, it's not anti. Just because it features anti-Semitic, it's not even anti-Semitic. But like the you know, it's such a stretch to uh, jump to the conclusion that it's meant to denigrate and offend you. Like what? But exactly, that's having, like the era we're in, where it's like. Whether Why do I even have to articulate it? It's like it's a, a clearly a a comment on something. <laughs> it's not there to poke you in the eye for being a Jew. Yes, but people are, people are uniquely stupid. But we're at this point culturally cult in culture. Sorry, can't say that word. Um, where the mere mention of any of these visuals is like, oh, but you're giving a platform to the elders of Zion and other tropes. And this directly leads to like a synagogue being shot up. Honestly, that's what you get for choosing to become an artist. That's, that's the Faustian bargain you've signed onto you, you know, for recognition, fame, potentially, you know, hitting the mother load and making a lot of money. That's a Faustian bargain. You have to like, you have to deal with this bullshit. You have to constantly defend your, you know, your, your, your success, your opinions. You constantly have to fight back criticism. You have to deal with like petty high school cafeteria type intrigue that is never ending. You constantly have to justify yourself um you have to wade through like dense discursive nonsense you have to hire staff just to like you know uh crisis management basically yeah um that's what that's just what you get there's really that's that's the fate of being an artist in 2022 a a successful artist anyways documenta offices attacked art review reports actually that that actually goes back to June 6th. Yeah, that was after the initial anti-Semitism brouhaha. Um, Racist graffiti has been sprayed on inside of the inside of Documenta's curatorial offices in Castle, Castle Germany. Um, 
this marks another escalation of the situation surrounding Documenta 15, as tensions have been mounting since the beginning of the year. Anyway, team no one, just nobody cares. <laughs> and show me one person who cares, except for the artists or friends of the artists or the leeches that make money peripherally in this business. Otherwise, nobody cares. Um, also, what a bloated industry, like Documenta and all this. Insanely bloated. It's like, oh, and then the government, like there's like, you know, parliamentary panels on like what's happening at Documenta. It's like, how about just fucking cut off the funding? <laughs> like, <laughs> Let me just tell you, the ancient sages are rolling over in their graves. Oi, the things we waste <laughs> our time on in 2022. That's that's all I'll have to say. Yeah. If Ra- if Rashi could emerge out of his grave in Troy, France, and give his opinion on this, I'm sure <laughs> he'd give them all a great talking to. Um. Anyways, truly a team, no one. Um. Well, in other news, so that this episode is not only a, a Debbie Downer. Jews news you can use. <laughs> um i i took my aunt to philly to the barnes foundation because it's my favorite museum in the entire world i don't know you went to philly with her yeah i went to philly um and um yeah i took her to see the collection again because she's a neophyte and a a no no bs kind of person you have to explain to her things that don't involve art speak um, art English, or you have to cut through the bullshit. Basically, she yeah, enjoys something. Things. All you losers should learn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This has been the greatest boot camp, even greater than my IDF uh, basic training. <laughs> to have to ex- explain art to a uh, to a no BS neophyte. Um, and uh, yeah, I just explained to her the just the, the joy and the magic of his uh, uh, his impressionist collection. And uh, she she thoroughly enjoyed herself, and we also got to see this incredible temporary exhibit that they had there. Speaking of time-based media, um, work by Isaac Julian, who I have to admit, or is it Julian, I haven't heard of before I saw this exhibition. He's a, uh, he's a, a black artist from UK. Um, uh, yeah, but I just realized I just called him a black artist from the UK, but he's like... <laughs> A very important I mean, artist that, from the UK. That. No, but like I haven't. Point being is that I haven't heard of him before. I saw this uh, this show, and it's just an incredible like four channel uh, installation of like constructed, made up conversations between. Um, um, so between Albert, is it Alfred or Albert Barnes, and uh, Doctor Barnes and Alan Locke, who was like the father of uh, the. The, a philosopher was like the father of uh, Harlem Renaissance and it's these gorgeous like Hollywood grade style videos of these conversations between Alan Locke and Barnes about sort of different aspects of black thought because uh, Dr. Barnes from the Barnes Foundation was like one of the original collectors of uh, African material culture mm-hmm. Um, and it was just 
it's just a gorgeous video installation. Um, maybe Julia Stoschek could purchase it into her collection. We were both like, neither myself nor my aunt have a lot of patience, but we just stood there and watched through the whole thing. It was that mesmerizing, just gorgeous work by uh, Julian Isaac. Isaac Julian, of course, I just <laughs> messed up his name. <laughs> well, I um, wish I could see it and we could go have a Philly cheesesteak. Oh, yeah. I looked up a Sorry, restaurant a cheese for us steak. to go. A cheesesteak, yeah. I looked up a place for us to uh, dine at after and this place in Kensington came up and it's like a neighborhood of Philly. So we took an Uber over and he pulls up and I don't see the restaurant. All I can see is like, crazy we're just surrounded by meth heads like keeling over and they're, they're like midday like high or whatever it was kind of scary actually and i i told the like the uber driver listen we feel uncomfortable like exiting the vehicle right here and he was like oh don't worry about it it's just like two doors down and i like i was like okay and so we we got out of the vehicle and we waited through like like a scary amount of like meth heads enjoying their like their high or whatever but it turned out to be one of the finer mexican restaurants i've dined at so go check it out i forget what it's called now but you can look up all my google reviews on google (laughs) maps some funny some scathing some bitchy um some speak truth to power (laughs) yeah Trying to th- going through my photo stream to see if there's any art content that could be mentioned. Um, what else did I see? I think that's about it with my exposure to art content. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I took I took my aunt to the Highline and the shops with the hopes of like catching some Chelsea shows, but it was. Uh, I think like the Friday leading up to July 4th, so all the galleries were closed, so we didn't see anything. Hmm. Yeah, I guess that's about it. That that sums up my my art updates for the past month. I have none because I've just been perpetually moving. <laughs> yeah. It really took up over a whole week. And yeah, beach volleyball is my passion, so what can I do? Mm-hmm. Anything art coming up for you? Mm, no, just on summer hiatus. And okay. Yeah. How about you? Um, there's this group show in September Ooh. that I'm waiting to hear, waiting for more information about. But uh, I basically feel out of the loop. Like I, I truly don't feel like I actively pertain <laughs> anymore in an any like active manner to the art world here like mm. i've i've essentially given up on like trying to like by force make anything happen well it's uh when you least expect it and least try that's when good things happen <laughs> honestly but the thing is i wouldn't like what is even good what what does good things mean anymore like at this point i don't even know that i would like to like fully dedicate myself to just making work that goes towards shows or whatever. Yeah. Like, if anyone's interested, I have a shitload of work in my studio that could, like, furnish at least five solo exhibitions. So come on and take those works and show them. Yeah. But just, like, make but, work when you feel like it and 
it's good oh, to yeah, not that's feel pressured I, and yeah listen i love painting there's like the more i like take like i veer off in my life and do other things and then like regroup and go back to the studio to make work and still realize that it not just makes sense for me but that i enjoy it like wholeheartedly and thoroughly mm-hmm. i realized that this has been such a great blessing to have been exposed to the option of making art and it's been such a such a great sort of scaffolding throughout my adult life but yeah. this business sucks yeah. and it's not it's not nourishing intellectually and mentally the current climate is so as we said dumb and reductive that it feels beneath me to even engage on an intellectual level with so much of the dumb stuff that's put out there and is talked about. Yeah. And so instead I'm just very excited about, you know, exploring other intellectual avenues and expressing them in a, uh, in a painterly manner in my studio. Proud of you, King. Thanks. And, uh, what about you? When are you moving uh, stateside? hopefully this winter uh, this uh, this winter okay i hope so i mean okay i have finished the main part of my course mm-hmm. and now i have the specialization unit which hopefully i'll be done in the next month and then yeah basically i can start applying to things but i just want to work on my portfolio a bit more right um so you know that's something that could happen immediately or it could take half a year i have no idea because mm-hmm. I have to find something first, so I can't just move there. But once I have I a have job offer, thanks. I just really, I don't know. Recently, when I've been in Berlin, I'm just—I really feel it. I'm like, why am I here? You know. Yeah. What is Berlin like these days? Oh, it's fine. There was a heat wave, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Did I just. The, I, oh, sorry. Did you go to that climate rave? <laughs> There is that stupid love parade thing happening today called mm-hmm. like Rave the World or whatever. Um, what is it for? I don't know. Being a mess. <laughs> um, Rave the Planet, it's called. <laughs> oh my God. Depressing. Um, yeah, so I'm excited to have some new adventures in life and... Hopefully, we can be neighbors soon. Yes. Um, I can't wait. Just, uh, you know, I have faith in you and you just got to... I mean, you belong here, is what I'm trying to say. Thanks. All right. uh, Yeah, maybe you can move here and uh, if you can't find a job, I'll pay some money as a porter to carry my (laughs) Talmud books. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) On the way to Yeshiva. <laughs> Could carry them on your head. Oh my god. Yentl too. <laughs> yeah. Okay, thanks for giving me the idea for um, this week's episode, the uh, cover art. <laughs> oh. Alrighty. Okay, I have to get ready. I'm going to a barbecue upstate with coworkers. Oh my god, jealous. I have to take the train because my license got suspended. So. <laughs> <God>. <laughs>
All right. Well, have an amazing uh, rest of your weekend and have fun in White Plains. And I'll talk to you you soon. You just gave out my location of the barbecue. Thanks. You're going to have to bleep it out. (laughs) All right. Talk to you soon, Amir. Okay. Bye. Bye.